right, this is John Krasinski of Pittsburgh Soccer Now, and I am with Randy Waldrum, the new women's coach uh, here at the University of Pittsburgh. Um, we are in sitting dead in the middle of July, and Randy has been um, with Pitt since, I believe, December. Came on board, and I think I arrived January 2nd. January 2nd. Um, so I remember coming over to your press conference. It was really cold um, making my way over here. and um, But there's just a lot of excitement around this program. Um, first of all, just thanks for being doing this uh, interview and, and being with us. And um, What's your overall impression so far after six months or so here in Pittsburgh? Well, I, I tell you, John, it's, first of all, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate that. Um, it gives us an opportunity to talk a little bit about the changes and the things that are going, to, uh, that are going on here with Pitt Women's Soccer. But, uh, you know, my perception is actually a lot different than what I had perceived when I was at Notre Dame, for example, and playing against the University of Pittsburgh. Um, I now have found out more about the university itself. Uh, you know, when we just competed against Pitt, um, I knew all about the soccer program, but I didn't know much about the university, so I never gave it a lot of thought. And I didn't realize how academically sound and strong the university is and how highly thought of it is, especially not only in the state of Pennsylvania, but in, in the whole region that we're, we're located in. Um, so that's been a real positive. The recruiting piece, because of the academics of the university, has really been... Um, I don't want to say easy, you still have to work at it, but it's been a lot easier than I thought it would be, a lot more interest, just based on the university itself and what the university has to offer. I've also was a little bit uncertain when I came on board about, I've never been on a campus that's kind of, not downtown, so to speak, but kind of a, a downtown feel to the mm -hmm. campus. Mm -hmm. I've always been on one of those campuses that has, you know, four, four square miles of just a campus secluded somewhere. and. I didn't know how recruits would like that, uh, that setting, um, you know, coming to not only from Notre Dame, but all the years I spent in Texas, and you just don't see campuses like this much, and um, the only campus I was really aware of that was similar, kind of that downtown would be like a DePaul or a Cincinnati, mm -hmm. so I didn't know, and that part has seemed to be great. The, the, the prospects that we've been uh, going after love that idea. They love the fact that everything's here on campus and they can walk anywhere they want to go or the, the bus system's great. All those little things that are important to, you know, to a student athlete that's going to go off to a university. So it's, we've been pleasantly surprised at, at um, how well the recruiting's gone from that standpoint. And then I think just from a university itself and, and an athletic department, I think the job Heather has done here has been fantastic. Uh, her staff that she's assembled have been they all want the same thing that we as coaches want, and that's to win, you know. So um, I wouldn't have taken the job, quite frankly, at this point in my career if I felt like it was just going to be another job and more of the same, uh, what it's been over the last 22 years of our program. But she sold me on the vision and the idea she had for the university and the willingness to see all the Olympic sports win and win national championships. And, you know, I loved it when she said we shouldn't make excuses about talking about wanting to win because that's what we're in the business of and that's exactly the way I feel so the support's been great uh, they've kind of given us the job and said how do we support you and we'll get out of your way and let you do what you do best and uh, that part we've loved so been pleasantly surprised and you've um, 
obviously you're new to the area. What, just in general, the area itself, what, yeah. what has struck you most about Pittsburgh? Well, number one, I love the food. I mean, I can go <laughs> anywhere and get any kind of food I want, and it's been great. I, I've, I've got to hurry up and get into a home here mm-hmm. so I can mm-hmm. set my treadmill back up, or I'm going to be in, really bad, <laughs> in a really bad place a, a couple more months from now. But, uh, and the people have been, you know, the people has probably struck me the most um, in terms of how supportive they've been. Uh, how friendly they've been and helpful um, and, and not even people here at the university but just random people that we've met in Pitt as we've been around town and things and I'm living right now temporarily downtown and just bumping into people down there they've been really really nice and, and, and seems very family oriented and I, I like that and then I like the fact that we've got some kind of uh, terrain and we you know we have some hills and some mountains and some things compared to what we had in the flatlands of Texas, and uh, it's and it's, a it's, it's a green city. It's a green city. Yeah. So yeah. so we've we've loved it. It's it's different, but uh, the culture's great. And I can see why people come here and stay. Mm-hmm. Um, and just getting acquainted, um, I you walked in the room. We I got a chance to, to meet uh, your your staff. Yeah. Um, and just talk about assembling your staff. And obviously, I think a lot of the, you know. You've got a loyal group of, of coaches sure. with you. Um, just talk about that first, and, and what it was that the first part of the puzzle of kind of building things as you started here? Yeah, I think the stat your staff anywhere in any sport is is key because uh, what you want to do is, in my opinion, is you want to put a staff together that's going to complement you know what uh, their strengths with your strengths and and the weaknesses. You know, you you want to try to manage it that way. Uh, you want a staff that you know is going to be loyal to you, um, but you also want a staff that will challenge and question things, you know, behind closed doors, and and then yet after those decisions are made, that you know that you go out with a united front. And so, um, you know, when I came on board, um, I just felt like based on the history of the program here, and and no offense to the previous staff or anything else, but I just felt like. The best thing to do is make a clean break completely and come in with a fresh start. I've come into different situations over the years where uh, maybe I kept a staff member or what, you know, and, and, and oftentimes, more oftentimes than not, it just didn't work out, you know. So I wanted to make sure I assembled the right staff to uh, to get us to where we want to be. So first and foremost, I went directly to my son, Ben, mm-hmm. and um, Felt like you know we'd worked together with national teams at Trinidad and Tobago. He obviously was with us at our first national championship at Notre Dame, and uh, he is a outstanding recruiter. I basically turned that over to him and said, "You go get them and find them, and when we get it down to the few that we know we want, then I'll come in and help you know help us close the deal on it." And he's done a, a great job with that already. With you know kind of staying within the rules we can't talk too much about them but we've already got I think at last counts just since mid-February because he didn't come on board till the first week of February um, we've got I think over 25 new recruits for the next three years um, coming and uh, some great some great talent getting ready to come in here over mm-hmm. these next few years so he's done an outstanding job and obviously you hope with it, he's loyal to you being your son so uh, mm-hmm. we, we hope that that's the case and then the other thing we wanted is uh, I know I love being on the field and and um, you know that's kind of where I, I want to be and I'm probably less uh, uh, have a less desire to be in the office and do a lot of the administrative things so we brought on Dustin Stein who's a junior college coach 
and one of the reasons I brought Dustin on is I felt like he's very good at those things, you know, with the computer, with the different programs that are needed to run the different aspects of any program. Uh, he's very savvy with that. Uh, his organiz organizational skills in those areas, in, in, in those administrative areas, are, are, are outstanding. And then I think the other thing he brings to the table is he's connected to the junior college programs. And that's something that I felt like we needed here initially because mm -hmm. You know it, but I don't know if our fans know it, that the soccer recruiting in this country is two, sometimes three years in advance. Mm -hmm. So we knew in 18 and 19, we were clearly behind the eight ball in recruiting. Mm -hmm. We felt like we'd need some junior college kids. So those connections, we felt like were a strength to, to bring him on board. And, and he's been on board since February too and done an outstanding job. And then we just brought uh, Riley Butler in as our um, goalkeeper coach. And uh, Riley was down at Radford. And um, he's not one I knew personally. We went out kind of searching for a goalkeeper coach, and mm -hmm. all the feedback kept coming back that this is the guy you got to get. Now, he's a volunteer coach for us, mm -hmm. uh, and he's going to be working with the Riverhounds and mm -hmm. some of their academy youth programs. And uh, so we're excited to have him on board as well. Wow. That's, um, and obviously, you, you just touched on the recruitment piece. Before we get into maybe specifics mm -hmm. on yeah. players, um, obviously, you've got a game plan. You've got a staff that that's that's how you operate I mean you have you've kind of laid that out pretty well but what what are you looking for um, in terms I mean you've, you've you've been successful at the college level um, you you obviously say it's a three two or three year process to get sure. somebody on board but what type of players do you look for um, to, to be a yeah, part of your program yeah I think the one thing that I have had a lot of success with is I've, I, I have a really good vision of what I want the game to look like and how I would want ideally my team to play. And that vision probably, John, is some combination of, you know, what Spain's doing. Everybody wants to simulate Barcelona now or or um, I say a lot of the, the great Dutch teams over the years. Um, I'm a big Man U fan, but Man U, Fergie era, <laughs> you know, right, those, right. those kinds of teams. So we're looking for those technical players and those skillful players first, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and then once we find those players that seem to have not only the skill set to be very, very clean with the ball that can help us keep the ball under pressure, uh, but we also want to, you know, then find those players that are have, look like they have a good understanding, you know, a good soccer brain is what I call it. Mm -hmm. um, and then if we can get the bonus and get a great athlete and get the size and the speed and the strength, that's that's certainly a part of it, especially in the ACC, because you, you it's a very athletic conference. But um, unlike some coaches that go just look at the speed, strength, power, and all that stuff first, and then hope they can develop a little bit of the, the skill, we're, we're kind of the other way. We want to we want those players that can play first. I think if I can get enough of those players, uh, that will win out over just pure athleticism. Now, don't get me wrong, we we want the good athlete too, and and. We know speed kills, and we, you know, we're looking for that. So, in an ideal world, if we can get a mix of both of those, that's kind of where, where we've been going in the recruiting. Sure. And then again, before we get into new players, um, obviously you will have some holdover, some players that are coming back. Right. Um, obviously, from a local interest, most people um, that follow our site, you know, you know Aideen O'Donoghue um, was one player who started as a freshman last year. Right. Um, so you have some, I players that are coming back that were from you know that that have at least have been here they've sure. been through the ACC grind which yeah. you know you're going to need some right. of that lean on some of that experience so what 
what are, what are some of the things that they bring to the table for this, this well, group? Well, what I, what I found when I came on board, and I've, the good thing is I've had a spring with that mm -hmm. team. And I think, by the way, we made, if you talk to the players, I think you'll find we've made big strides just in a few months here mm -hmm. with the way we want to play. And it's so much more offensive-minded than what they played last year and in mm -hmm. years past. And uh, they've really adapted well to it. But what I found with the team, usually when you have – a culture of losing for as long as they have here with the program, you, you walk into that program and you find it's in disarray in a lot of different ways. And more often than not, the players are part of that, pro you know, they're, they're in disarray too. Some are committed, some aren't, some care, some don't as care as much, and some are really fit. Some are, And the one thing that impressed me when I took the job really from day one is I found that the team is, in spite of all of the way things went for them last year, the team is very, very tight, and they're very committed to each other. So their the team chemistry part was really already in place, and that was one thing I worried that I was going to have to rebuild a chemistry of the team, just based on record alone and, and what little I'd heard about the way the program had been run. Um, so I was really pleasantly surprised with that, and that's certainly going to help us as we're bringing in 13 new players to add to that. So it's great that we've got, and we've got some older players like Ashley Marrera, um, um, Taylor Price that was here that, uh, you know, Bell uh, Van Nordine is here, Juliana Vasquez is, is here. And so those, those players have been great as older players uh, in helping um, pull everything together for us. And so um, that piece has, has been good. The, the playing part, too, is I do think there was a core of players here that can play in the ACC. Mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately, when a new coach comes in, you have to make some hard decisions, and we did let some players go, and that's never easy, and, you know, it's not a part of the job that I like, but uh, knowing where we need to be and where we're coming from, it's also not fair to those players to put them in a position where they're never going to play, they're never going to see the field and, and just become unhappy. And you don't want that to disrupt your chemistry either. So we had to make some hard decisions and which weren't fun. But the core of what we've got here from last year is, I think, is, is really good. So we're going to count on them a lot just with the leadership and helping this team chemistry part. Mm -hmm. So in terms of the players that you're bringing on board. Um, I know you're probably limited in terms right. of what you can talk about at this point because we're at mid-July. You know, I'm sure rosters will be finalized as you begin. It's a, by the way, it's amazing how soon the women's the women start. I believe a week earlier than the men. That's right. We come. So we report on the thirtieth. Right. Yeah. So that it's just so at this point, what do you got? What do you have coming yeah. in? You know, well, you know, it's it's really hard. Mm -hmm. uh, these NCAA mm -hmm. rules uh, <laughs> are tough to, to maneuver. We've got our 13, 12 of our 13 freshmen are here now. Mm -hmm. And so we, we brought all of them into the second summer term so they could get a six weeks of classes under their belt, and get mm -hmm. accustomed to everything. And under the rules, they're allowed to work with our strength and conditioning coach, which they've been doing. And uh, Tyler Carpenter, and he's been doing a great job with them already. Um, unfortunately, the NCAA doesn't let us have anything to do with them. Mm -hmm. So it's so hard to sit in your office knowing they're right across the street out there yeah. practicing and we can't go see them, you know. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I'm really anxious, just like everybody else, to see what they really look like now that they're here mm -hmm. on campus. Um, but I, th I like the group. You know, we kept, um, we kept some from uh, the recruiting class of the previous staff and then we added some players 
uh, we brought in a couple kids from Spain and we were bringing in a girl from Brazil to add to the group that the previous staff had brought in. Um, so I think it's going to be a, um, a really good core of players. Um, out of that 13, um, I think they're all going to help us in some capacity or we wouldn't have brought them in. Mm -hmm. And um, I do think we could see five or six, four or five or six of those players maybe coming in right away and stepping into your starting 11. Uh, and if they do or they don't, I think the 13 new ones all are going to have a chance to play a lot of minutes you know, for us and contribute. And you add that to the core of the eight or 10 or so, whatever's left from here before, mm -hmm. I think we've got a chance to, you know, I'm not going to go off on a, on a tangent and make some bold prediction of the year, but I know we'll be a much improved team. And I know uh, from an entertainment standpoint, we will be a much different team in terms of the way and the philosophy that we're trying to play with it being much more of an attacking mentality. One of the things, John, I think that's important, and we kind of sold our kids on this, is we said, listen, if we were really, really smart coaches, we would probably still look at the, the talent that we have this year and say, when we get into our conference play in the ACC, say now all of a sudden, still because we're not quite where we need to be, we probably need to drop off and play more defensive and yeah. try yeah. to get some wins there. And I said, but um, that's not the approach we're really going to take because I think what we want to do and what I want to do is implement our philosophy of attacking. And I said, if we if we have this attacking mentality in the way we want to play, and we do that in our non-conference games, and then we get into conference and we say, oh, we're not there yet, so let's back off a little bit more defensively, then to me we lose that year of putting our system in place and developing it. So we're probably going to give some goals up. We're probably maybe even give a game up here or there that we're still going to go try to play Carolina, mm -hmm. you know. Nice. And yeah. so we may give something up now this year, but it'll make us better in 2019 and 2020, you know. So I want to get our philosophy implemented, and I want to get us, regardless of who we play, try to play our brand. And then now we're not going to be crazy if we happen to be on the road and we're playing a, a top ACC team and we're in it and, and we're up and we have to drop in defensively to manage the game and hold it. We'll do that. but. What I don't want to do is take a mindset of throwing out the way we want to play and just saying because we think we're not good enough to play that team this way right now, we're going to go into a, a different philosophy. I don't think we learn because it, it takes you a while to get your system in. And mm -hmm. 20 games in a college season of only three, three and a half, four months, it's just not enough time. So mm -hmm. with this year, it will be a building block. But I do think we'll be much improved. I hope that translates into a lot more wins, but you know the jury's out. We'll see. Yeah, well, maybe we'll see a lot of goals here. Yeah, I hope so. Um, we'll see a lot of goals, uh, open-ended games. I think that's something a lot of um, Pittsburgh fans. You know, I, I think there's there's no pro women's pro team in this city, right. so you know the options at the highest level here essentially are to see you know your program, maybe Duquesne, Robert Morris, but um, so and I think that's something where we saw this towards the end of last year with. The men's program. Mm -hmm. The I, I felt that, you know the last few games the, the, the stadium was packed. Right. There were a lot of people here, and there was a lot of interest. Um, you know, that's I think that's something we we were I'm sure you're hoping to see as well. Yeah, and, I, and I'm a big believer in my job. Heather hired me to come in here and turn the program around and win games and mm -hmm. win championships and that kind of thing. Uh, 
and I've always believed in that wherever I've worked, but I also believe in the fact that since I am coaching in the women's game, I, I also have to uh, be an ambassador to help grow the women's game. And part of the way we want to play is for that reason. You know, it would be a much easier, it's much easier to organize your team defensively at least. It would be much easier to say right now when we're not there, let's just be a much more defensive team and be a cautious team. But that's not going to grow our fan base. You know, they're not, our students aren't going to come in here and get excited about us sitting in our half the field and hope we can counterattack on occasion. And that's why we want to be, my brand anyway is much more of an attacking style. But that's why I think we have an obligation to be entertaining. So if, if I have the chance to win 4-3 versus win 1-0, I'll take 4-3, mm -hmm. you know. And so we've got to generate some excitement to grow the women's game too. And we hope we can, you know, duplicate what Jay's doing. He's obviously been outstanding with where he's gone with the first couple of years with his program and, and growing it. But our, our students aren't going to come watch us if we're not entertaining. So mm -hmm. we've, got to, we've got to make sure we do a good job of entertaining our fans, whether we're winning or losing. Yeah, and you mentioned Jay and his transition too. I mean, both of you kind of have a similar path. You were both at a major university, you know, him at Wake, you at Notre Dame. Right. Many years, had a lot of success, both yeah. won national championships. Right. And then you both took a shot at the pros. That's right. right. Um, so maybe, well, and, you know. And we both gotcha. realized we probably shouldn't have done that. <laughs> we should have stayed in the college game where we really knew yeah. that uh, we enjoyed it. You know, I, I can't speak to Jay's reasoning why he did it. I did it. At the point I did it, I made the move for a couple of reasons. We had won two national championships at Notre Dame in 14 years. We had been to eight Final Fours, and so almost every other year we were in a Final Four as it averages out. And I just felt like I needed a new challenge. I'd always wanted to coach either a national team or uh, a professional team. And when the team in Houston came open, um, it just seemed like it was the right opportunity, you know, being affiliated with the Dynamo and the MLS. And then my son was in Dallas with his wife, and they just had our first grandchild. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of a combination of saying, I, I want to see her grow up and at least be close. So, And I always felt like if it didn't work, I could always come back, you know, to the college game that I'd built a strong enough resume. And, you know, I ended up staying a little longer than I thought. But really, I knew after the first year, I really missed, I just missed being on a college campus and the liveliness of mm -hmm. that. And, and quite frankly, most top ACC schools and, and even the Power Five conferences have many more resources right now today in today's world than the Women's Pro League has. You know, right. we were, I took a big pay cut to do the Women's mm -hmm. Pro League and we didn't have the resources and I could go on horror stories sure. and tell you how bad it was. But, uh, but I knew, you know, even really after a year, I said, I, I really miss the college game so I knew I would be coming back and I, this opportunity when it came open um, Jay's probably a big reason I did it because my thought as I told you I knew Pitt before and it wasn't a positive mm -hmm. opinion just based on the two teams you know the team I had versus what I knew Pitt had but when I saw that they had hired Jay I said things had to have changed at the university because they couldn't get a coach of that caliber if it was the same pit. Mm -hmm. So that kind of what generated the excitement about it. And then when I got the call, I caught, reached out to Jay on a couple of occasions and said, hey, give me the honest truth. Tell me what, you know. And he was very upfront and said, here's the good, bad, and the ugly. And this is, you know, this is the, the, the things that I found and why he took it. And he's been right. It's been a good place and a good opportunity right now. So I'm really happy for him. I, I knew he would turn it around quickly. And so now he's, he set a bar for us to do it as well. <laughs>
Excellent. One one quick aside to sure. with the Houston. Did you have a chance? Did you coach Megan Klingenberg? I did. I coached Megan. We had her. Um, what had happened is she was still in Sweden playing for Tyreso, right. mm -hmm. and I had. Um, um, I'm trying to th think of the order of the national team players that I had, but um, when we came on board, we were allowed to get two of the national. By the way, the league was set up. We were right. allowed to get two of the national team players that were coming back from uh, playing overseas, and so Whitney Ingen we picked up as one, and I think Klingenberg, Kristen Press, Whitney Ingen, and can't think of who the other one was. Gael Averbush. They were the four that were overseas that came back that were allocated U.S. players. So us being the expansion, we were able to get the the, the ones, and so we we got uh, we couldn't get press, and that's a different story. Mm -hmm. But um, but we got Whitney and, and Megan Klingenberg, and then a year later, I made a trade and and ended up getting Carly Lloyd there, mm -hmm. and so we had all three of those players. Um, and then what happened at the end of the day when Orlando came in as an expansion team? The league had a rule that you could only protect two of your national team players. If you had more than two, you had mm -hmm. to leave them unprotected for the expansion draft. And so we knew one was going to get Orlando was going to pick up whoever we left. And this is one of the things where I had a little disagreement. One of the many disagreements mm -hmm. I had with the front office, but I wanted to hang on to Klingenberg mm -hmm. and uh, trade one of the other ones and leave them unprotected. And they wouldn't let us do it. They wanted the one I was going to leave unprotected. They felt like sold tickets, and you could probably guess yeah, between the line who I'm talking C and about. L initials, yeah. yeah, and so <laughs> uh, so I had to do it that way. So sure. we so what we ended up doing is we ended up trading Klingenberg to Seattle because we knew we wouldn't get anything out of it if she just got picked up in the expansion draft. So we traded her to Seattle and got a got a draft pick out of it. And but I, I did have Megan, so and I've known Megan for a number of years. We tried to recruit her to Notre Dame, mm -hmm. and, and you know, unfortunately or fortunately, whatever way she wants to look at it, she went to Carolina. Mm -hmm. yeah. Sure, All right? Yeah, she's obviously a kind of a, a face for soccer sure. in Pittsburgh. So sure. um, obviously she's in Portland right now. But yeah. um, maybe real quick, and then we can get on to talk, finalize, talk one couple things about the team, and okay. then finish up here. But. Um, you know, you're just your thoughts about the U.S. women's team kind of going into the, I guess they have to qualify still. Right. <laughs> um, and then uh, the next year's World Cup. For, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, I don't think there's going to be an issue with them qualifying. I mean, I think right now in CONCACAF, they're still, uh, they have to really, really uh, be in a bad form at the time, you know, I think. Um, and, and that's not to say in, in our sport, we know it's, anything's a given because you know you would have thought the men would be in the same boat and they didn't so I don't think um, we can take it for granted that it's going to be an automatic but they should get through I do think you know having coached down in Trinidad I do think um, uh, Haiti for example has made have made really good strides over the last few years they've developed a, an academy down there where the players are living and I think if you follow anything in CONCACAF Haiti had a really good run at the U-20s and they're U-17s, and so they're, those youth teams that Haiti's producing now are starting to get to a point where on a given day they can beat our youth teams. Yeah. Um, and, you know, probably not nine out of ten times, but they could steal a couple of those wins. So from a youth team standpoint, some of the CONCACAF countries are getting a little closer to our youth. But I think at the national team level, at the senior team level, there's still a pretty big gap. So I... I Barring a catastrophe, I would expect us to get out of CONCACAF and, and, and qualify for it. Um, I think Jill has brought in a lot of 
new players mm -hmm. to look at, and I think that's great. I think it refreshes competition. I think, um, you know, that spell, whatever it was, a year ago through the tournaments that they had, and, and, and they lost some games and, you know, drew some games in their own tournament. And, you know, I think there was getting to be a little bit of complacency with the group that had gone through the World Cup and mm -hmm. had been there. So I think it's great to use that kind of, quote, off year to shake it up and, and find, you know, and, and get an opportunity to look at good new 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 players. And so I think she's done a, a really good job with that. Um, I think still, even though I, I, I do believe the rest of the world is, a lot of people say they're catching up to us. I think they've caught us in, in a lot of instances. Mm -hmm. uh, you look at the Germans and you look at uh, France and, uh, you, you know, Sweden's kind of always been there and Norway's kind of always been there. But I think if you start to look at the rest of the world, Switzerland now is starting to, to produce a lot. Canada's really come yeah, on. Yeah. So I, I think that the, the world has caught up to us. And so I think the next big challenge is making sure we continue to be one or two of the best nations in the world. And I think over the next few years, I think we're going to see that become more and more difficult. The, the level, the playing field is getting a lot more level at the women's game. But uh, for this next World Cup, I, I, I would, I, you know, I, I would say we will be there. And now it's just a matter of how are we playing at the time and what's the chemistry like of the group she selects to go there. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously the ACC is, you know, proven, I mean, the women's game doesn't have the, the I mean, obviously it has a pro league here, but the second division level is just not at where it right. should be. Um, right. So, uh, I mean, do you feel like the college level is really the, you know, almost like the second division of U U.S. soccer for the women's game at this point? I oh, mean, I, I don't think, John, there's any question. I mean, if you look at it, that's where all of our national team, you know, mm -hmm. we just talked about the national team. Mm -hmm. That's That was their method of getting there is mm -hmm. through the college system. They didn't get there because of the WPSL or they didn't get there because of, you know, the W League, which, you know, changed into whatever, the UCW, yeah, you know, UCWS yeah. or, you know, there's, so th those leagues are, it's great for the, us to have those leagues, but they're basically a summer league, you mm -hmm. know, for the kids to go play. And the hard part about those leagues too is, like right now, they're getting ready for their playoffs, but their best players are going back to their college for mm -hmm. preseason. So you're not even going to get their the teams that played during the summer playing for the championships because half their teams will be gone. So I think it's clearly coming from the colleges right now. Um, over the horizon, will that change? It could possibly, but I, I don't think it's any jeopardy of changing for a long time. Only, And I say that only because... I don't think the NWSL is, I think the league is going to be around now a while. I think they uh, have some security and a foundation in place. Um, but they're still not going to be ready to pay the kind of salaries that will entice a high school kid to bypass college to go into the pro league. So, you know, the men, it took a while for that to happen once the MLS was formed. But now then, you know, whatever, 20, 30 years later, or however long the MLS has been in existence, you know, our, our male players have that opportunity to say either or. So I wouldn't say the men's college game is necessarily that avenue for the pros, you know, because there's so many other avenues now, whether it's in this country or in a foreign country. But the women's game is, the money's not there yet. Mm -hmm. Now it's getting much better in Europe. Uh, the one advantage of the European women's teams is that they play 10 months, whereas the NWSL is only a six, seven month season. 
the salaries are much more uh, appropriate for the women in Europe or in China or uh, South America still, the salaries aren't quite as good, but um, it's not high enough yet to make parents and kids think about bypassing yeah. that. So I, I think still for a number of years, the college is still going to be responsible for producing those players. Yeah. All right. And finally, just, just your, this team, I, you've already touched on a number of things, but um, maybe what what are your expectations for this for this year in terms well, of realistically? You know, you know what I would would like to have happen and I think what we will we'll let the team help set our goals and things for the year. Um, I think what we can you know, I think a lot will depend on how we start early with our non conference schedule because putting thirteen new players together with an existing whatever, fifteen, seventeen players that we have how quickly, you know, our preseasons aren't long enough to begin with. So in two weeks' time or ten days' time, whatever that preseason is, is it enough time to really put the pieces together and make it work and work through those first six or eight games of non-conference schedule? I think if we can start off well in non-conference and gain our confidence in those eight games that we have going into conference, then I think we'll have a really good chance to compete to maybe if we could steal a win or two of the right kinds of win in the ACC maybe you get lucky and get an NCAA bid. You know, I don't think realistically week in and week out of the grind we're going to be ready to compete for an ACC title or a top four finish. I think that's very difficult. There's too many good teams in our conference. But I think if we can steal some games in the ACC on some of the bottom half of the ACC and then maybe pull a win here or there against somebody out of the top, that's really to get into the NCAAs, that can get you in because of the strength of our, our conference. So I would love to say a goal for me personally would be to get into an NCAA tournament this year. Um, but realistically, that could be uh, a little bit of a stretch because some things have to fall into place. But I think, you know, I guess at the end of the day, we just want to make sure, uh, obviously we want more wins than they've had before. And I'd have to go back and look at the records to see what the most wins are here. But I don't think it's many. I, you know, I don't think it's many over the two winning seasons that they've had. Um, so we would, we would, I mean, I'd love to get the team and be playing at least 500, you know, in yeah. this first year. And if we can get them in that area, you know, depending on the games and the right games, we might could steal an opportunity to still be playing for something late. I, I guess... What I'd really love to have is going into, I think we finish up at home. Our last home game's Notre Dame, ironically, mm -hmm. and then we have one more game with BC. I would love to go into Notre Dame at home with that game still having some meaning, whether it meant we might have a shot to mm -hmm. steal if we could pull off a win, you know, do something special and, and, and miraculous and get in in the first year. Uh, but I'd like that to still have some meaning at the end in, in whatever way. But... Um, uh, you know, I think, obviously, I think we'll, we would sit back if we didn't get in there this year. Uh, I think most people's expectation would be to see us there three years from now, you know. I think we'll have a really good chance the following year in 19 with what we got committed. Mm -hmm. I think we're going to be a contender, you know. Are we ready to knock off the very top teams? No, but I think we'll be right there with them. And I think we have a chance to get in the tournament and go deep in 19. 18, I think that would be, we'd probably over accomplish a little bit if we could get in an 18, but I, I hope we're in a position to maybe have that chance. 
Well, this has been great. I'm I'm just excited lis- listening to you talk about you know the program and where you know your your expectations and I think a lot of people in Pittsburgh area Pittsburgh soccer fans um, I think have a lot to look forward to this this year and, and into the future for Pitt Pitt women's soccer. So, yeah. Randy, I my thanks again. I 